Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. We are continuing the Jesus Son of God message series. This, is, this has been one that has been so fun and enjoyable for me. It, following the life of Jesus is, is something that is so essential for the life of the church because it's all about Jesus. And, and today specifically, uh, we're, we're looking at this, the message, the message that he gives us because it's like none other. It's like uh, nothing else that, that we will ever hear. And, and today we'll see why and the impact that it has. But that having been said, I, I'm going to use, I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, I'm going to use the word story today. Sometimes I'm going to use the word story, and sometimes I'm going to use the word account. But when I use the word story today, I'm, I'm not using the word story like it may or may not be true. When I say story today, when, when we talk about telling a story the, the, the point of it is, is that it, it is true, but it's, it's what happened when you, you tell the story in, in that term. So, so an example of this, you have got to understand how you tell stories, okay? And if I'm going to tell a story, this is just the way I'm wired. I am going to tell it to you chronologically. I, I am going to, to tell it to you in the order that it happened in time sequence, because that is the way that I'm wired. And so if, if this was, imagine if this is talking to uh, someone who's in first grade, and the parent asks them, how was your day-to-day at school? Tell me what happened. That I would, I, this is the way I would think. Well, at 8 o'clock, I got to school, and it was great because the teacher said hi, and I gave her that apple, and she loved it, so that was good. And then I had reading class next, and I learned the word spot and, and run, so, so that was good. So I did some reading, then I went to math class, and who knew 2 plus 2 is 4? Today I learned that. And then we get whatever, I, and so I would go, go that way. Now, there are other people, though, that if they're going to tell that same story, maybe this is you, that, that when they come home and, and mom says, what did you learn today? Uh, they run in, they say, what? I learned spot runs. That's what I learned today. That is like the best thing that they come in and they're so excited that the most important thing they are going to tell you first. But then another person might come in, and, and you ask about the day, same classroom even. And they, they're going to talk, well, my favorite class is math class. So, so two plus two is four, I learned today. And uh, next thing we learned in math class is that recess is 15 minutes long. So I learned that today. Then I went to recess and realized 15 minutes isn't very long. And, and whatever, you, you understand what I'm saying is that you are going to have accounts that are going to differ because they, they communicate in a little bit different way. The reason why I bring that up today is because over the last uh, number of weeks, this has been going on for months, we've been going over the life of Christ. And specifically, we are, are looking now at his resurrection from the dead. And I'm just going to tell you that when you read different gospel accounts, and, and this is not just about Easter, but this is about all of the life of Christ. Not all of them go in chronological time order. 
that, that some put out what they think is the best part first. And, and so they kind of get to that, and then they, oh yeah, and then and, and this happened, this happened. But it happened before that. But do you understand what I'm saying? And so as you're reading that, sometimes it can be confusing because we think chronologically. So what I have done for you today because I think chronologically, and it gives a, a basket for you to take this home in. I'm going to show, what I have here is on Easter, that if you take some of the Gospels, and this isn't all, all of the accounts, but what I'm trying to show you, because we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, is this is, this is kind of the time frame of, of what is happening on Easter, and today we're, you know, we're a couple weeks past Easter, we're still talking about the first Easter day. So we, we're, this is our third day spent on the first day of Easter. So first of all, what happens? Easter Sunday timeline. So there we go. Jesus rises from the dead. Earthquake, stone is rolled away from the tomb. Soldiers run. And that happened sometime before 6 a.m., uh, we don't know exactly what time, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe 5, maybe 5.30 in the morning. But, it, but what we do know is that the women went out to the tomb that we're told that they went out before sunrise on the first day of the week. So, so we do know that around 6 a.m. or a little bit before that, they were heading out. By the time they got there, stone rolled away, soldiers gone, look in the tomb, Jesus is not there. So sunrise, okay, the women come to the tomb. Women run to tell the disciples what happened. John and Peter run to the tomb, find it empty. Mary sees Jesus at the tomb. This might have been done by 8 a.m. So, so this is, but it might have been a little bit longer too. We aren't sure exactly how how Peter is, if he needs a cup of coffee before he gets up and goes to the tomb. Uh, we don't know, you know, if he had to get dressed. We don't know if they couldn't find him right away. But anyways, in that time period, that's what we're talking about. Then next, we go from there. That's the morning to the afternoon. And Pastor Jeff uh, preached on this last week. The disciples, uh, two, two of the disciples, not two of the 12, but two of Jesus' followers were going to a city called Emmaus. And so as they were traveling, uh, it was, it, the Bible says it's seven miles away. And when we don't know for sure if it, if it was seven miles one way or if it was a seven mile, sometimes the way they talk is round trip. So it might have only been three and a half. It all depends on, we're not sure, and we're not sure where the city is today. So, so they would have left probably early afternoon-ish, and, and by the time they got to Emmaus, the disciples recognized Jesus. That was late afternoon, early evening, because they encouraged him not to keep going, but to stay with them. Then they recognized him. Then they ran back. So this is, again, that first Easter day uh, that uh, Jesus' disciples returned to Jerusalem, tell the others what he had done. And then finally, where we are tonight or today, and that is Easter evening, where these guys go back, they, uh, they tell the disciples, the other disciples, we've seen the Lord, this is what happened. As they are telling them this, Jesus appears to all of the disciples except Thomas, and, uh, and, and they get to see him alive. So that's where we're at tonight, or today. They were at night, we're in the morning. They were at night, we're in the morning. They're at night, we're in the morning. Got it. Okay. 
<laughs> now they have thoroughly confused you. Uh, and where we're going to start is Luke 24, verses 33 to 35. They got up. So those are the, the ones who were on, their, were on Emmaus and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told them what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them and when, uh, when, uh, when he broke the bread. So you have this word, all of this happens, they run back and they relate to the others what exactly happened. In, in the blank, you can fill that out right away. Life-changing good news is a message that others need to hear and we need to share. Good news is a message that others need to hear and we need to share. All right, if you are under probably like 35 years old, I'm gonna to apologize to you because I'm gonna use an example you don't recognize at all, but if you are older like me, you do know this. Do you remember that there were these commercials uh, back, I don't even know how many years ago they were. And that was that, that there would be like two people walking and one of them is they're walking through an airport. Another one, same type of commercial is when they were sitting at a restaurant. And, and what they're talking about is investments. And they're talking about their investment portfolio. And they're talking back and forth. And, and then the one person says, well, uh, my representative is from E.F. Hutton. And E.F. Hutton says... And then everyone stops, like in the airport, and everyone stops and they're listening in. And because when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Yeah, absolutely, right? So, so you remember, you know that, that, that uh, so, so there's one in the airport, there's one in the restaurant, and that's because when you have something, I, I guess we could call that good news, that, that if you found someone who has like a financial strategy that works and they're, they're making money in investments, you want to know what that is and, and you want a piece of that pie, right? And so when we, when we look at that, the important part of it, it it's, it's a great illustration for this because on the one hand, you have the stock market, right? And, and when you watch that on the news and they talk about the, the, the New York Stock Exchange and the value going up and down, and so you look at that and you say, that can be really good news and it can be at an all-time high, but for, for some of us, that means nothing to us. It, it, that you look at it, what it means is that other bankers and businesses are getting rich, not me. But when you take that and you make a connection to a personal investment plan, now all of a sudden what you, what you are realizing is you are enjoying the benefits of that, of that investment, that now that that, that wealth is making me rich. And that is something that, that I can personally enjoy. And when others see that, they want part of it. Please, when you look at that, I think... This is so important when we talk about the message that we're talking about. Because on the one hand, we have the message of Jesus Christ. 
And, and we've gone through this. And, and the central part of it is, is Jesus dying on the cross and Jesus rising from the tomb and this, the sins are forgiven and all of the things that God has done. And these are objective truths. These are things that have happened. But for many people, these truths that, that are there are abstract that they look at what God has done in the same way that you would look at uh, what, what happens on the stock exchange. It's just, it's just so distanced from me, I don't understand it. But then what happens, that, that it becomes ours. It's something, you don't need to rec- uh, remember this term, but it, it sometimes it's called subjective justification. And that is when God takes these truths and now they make an impact on my life personally. And that is when Christ's story and my story start to come together and they interact. And that is is what we enjoy uh, in the gospel. And it becomes our story. Now, I don't know where you are at personally. And, And for some of you here today, that you look at that that story of Christ and you're you might have some doubts. Others look at it and they don't doubt but they still don't understand exactly how this interaction is going to take place. And so what I have on there, the next is, what is your story of Jesus walking with you? And, and so in this, we have the, the, the disciples on the way to Emmaus, where all of a sudden the story is now interacting in their lives and, and Jesus has come alive to them. The, the accounts of the Bible have come alive to them and they want to go share it. You've also seen this, it can be in, in our lives today. Jeff has shared his story from the stage. It, it, it's almost impossible to preach the gospel without sharing your story. Jeff tells, Pastor Jeff talks about when he became a Christian when he was 16 years old and, and, and what, what that was like. My story is different. My story is a story, I do not know a day in my life when I did not know who Jesus was. So, so I've grown up, my story is different of him being there every day. But even after that, that that's just the start of the story. I, I love listening to individual story. One of them I think of, oh man, Jim Swanger. If you're listening to me, Jim, uh, out there on the the web, hi guy, I haven't talked to you in 20 years. But I worked with him when I was at the seminary. What a great guy. He and I worked together, we did maintenance. And we're doing maintenance. He He knew I went to the seminary. And one day he just asked me, he wanted to have the conversation. You know, what do you believe about God? And uh, Jim, I, I said, Jim, you know what? I want to hear your story first. And he, and he told me the story. His, his, his wife, they went to uh, uh, St. Mary's Catholic Church. And his, he was an atheist and his wife was Catholic. And uh, he didn't want to go to church. And his wife said, here's the deal. He liked to go to brunch on Sunday mornings, she said, I will not go to brunch with you if you do not go to church with me. That's the way it works. That's called the barter system. And, and uh, so, so Jim is like, I, I love brunch so much. <laughs> and I love my wife so much 
that, that he said, I, just, I went there and I just started going to church and I just sat there. And then he said, then what happened is, you know, the, the, the priest would, would be reading scripture and I'd be like, huh, I, I had never heard that before. That's, that's challenging to me. And he said somewhere along the line that he, that he was like, you know what? I, I need to be baptized. I, I, I believe in Jesus. And then after his baptism, that is when he started reading scripture and he's like, I, Dan, I don't even know how to tell you how this all came together, but uh, I just understand that Jesus made the payment for my sin on the cross and, and that I have peace with God through Jesus. And yeah, I, I, I would trade all, anything in my life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a great story. It's a powerful story. And, and it, was, it was one that, that I was privileged to listen to but I'm telling you right now, this was the challenging part of the, the, the message is I could tell like five, six, I'm just looking at people right now who have told me their story and your stories are as impressive, if not more. No, no, not more. They're not more impressive. They're all unique. They're unique because they're the way that Jesus has come and walked with you and taking something abstract like the cross from 2,000 years ago and an empty tomb from 2,000 years ago and has come through the message of the gospel, through the foolishness of what is preached, to bring faith in your heart and to assure you your sins are forgiven and God is with you every step of the way. You have an assignment today. Your assignment is to reflect back on your story, on your story, on your walk through life and how Jesus has come and started to walk alongside you. The rest of the message is gonna help you do that. So we'll, we'll go to the next part. So just so you know, what is your story of Jesus walking with you? That's meant to be blank until you fill it in. That's your own filling. So we continue. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. So now, the, remember, they came back from their way to Emmaus. Now they're with the, the other disciples in an upper room. And I'm going to read another one too because this is an important part of this. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together and the doors, had the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. The reason why I included this one, I hope you notice, is because it gives us a little more understanding of why they were in this upper room. They had the doors locked. Bar the doors. Because the Jews who killed Jesus now that he's gone might be coming to get me as well. So, so they're afraid. And what are the first words that Jesus says? Peace. Peace be with you. So, in the blank, you can write, Jesus' message offers a peace like none other. So this is a message like none other, and one of the things is that peace like none other. First of all, it offers peace with God. Second, it offers peace with others. And finally, it offers peace in the face of adversity. Peace in the face of adversity. I, I'm going to take these in reverse order. First of all, the, the, the peace in the face of adversity. After Jesus came and said, peace be with you, you know what changed with the disciples? 
absolutely nothing. The Jews were still trying to kill them. The Jews were still looking for them. The fears that they had were just as real. The possibility of them dying was just as real. But yet in that moment, Jesus came to them and said, peace be with you. And so what has changed with the disciples? Everything. Nothing and everything changed at the same, same time. Their, their situation didn't change, but their view of the situation changed because now Jesus was in front of them. And if Jesus was in front of them, that means that it was true, that he had risen from the dead. And if he had risen from the dead, that means he holds the keys to eternal life, that, that he is the son of God, that all the things that he said were true. And the magnitude of that was something that continued to, to soak in and, and they couldn't fully comprehend And so as we do this, the biggest piece of Easter is the first one. It's peace with God. That no, because you are going to face adversity. You are. And I'm just going to tell you, if you're writing your story and and your walk with Christ, there's always adversity in it. Every good story has adversity. And, and, and then we see in the face of that adversity how God walks with us, Jesus walks with us, sometimes taking it away, but, but most times not, and still giving us strength. That these individuals who were afraid of the Jews because they could take their life, all of them except one would die martyrs' deaths. All of them would ultimately die because of their faith, and they did it with peace. They did it with peace knowing that it was God's plan for their life, and they were good with that. It also brings peace with others. Many of the stories that that people come to me and share come as a result of adversity and pain and hurt caused by people who are closest to them. It's just the way it is. That whether it be a spouse, whether it be a, a mother, father, children, you name it, that it's someone, that someone you work with, someone in close proximity, that that is where the adversity comes. And, and the reason why is we already talked about this. When, when we talk about sin and how sin affects relationships, it's naturally going to hurt the people that are closest to us, that see who we are and what we do, and they recognize there, there's a part of us that is sinful. Yes, there's another part that, that loves them and loves Christ and wants to do what is right, but, but those are mixed together. We, we get that. And so as you think about your story and the message of Christ, make sure you you explore that adversity. And and as you're looking at that, even now begin to see how the peace of Christ and his resurrection changes that. Okay, I'm going to share part of my story. This is part of my story that, that has changed my life forever. And that, this happened when I was old. This didn't happen probably until I was about 25 years old. When, when someone, would, they ask me, people ask me how I am doing. And usually I say two thumbs up or I say live in the dream one day at a time or something like that. And I'm telling you, uh, just so you know, I have crappy days, okay? I do. And and. And on one hand, I might be lying to you, but, but what changed it is, is when someone like, told me, Dan, what does it mean to live a, with a resurrection faith? What does that mean? And, and for me, what it means is that even though I'm going through difficulties, I feel bad, I got a headache, things aren't going right, today is a day that Jesus is alive 
that I have peace with God and, and it changes the way that I look at adversity, whether it be with another person or, or things that I face in my life. Please make that part of your story. That's my favorite part of stories is, is when Jesus comes with his resurrection and changes the way we look at the, the, the problems we face. We continue. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you, you troubled and why so many doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Phil and I were doing study this week, and this is where Phil and I parted. We had disagreements. Okay. Jesus said he's going to, because I'm hard on the disciples here. Because Jesus told you he was going to rise from the dead, right? Now he comes to you and he shows himself that he has risen from the dead. So do they say, oh, it's Jesus risen from the dead? Ghost? Are you kidding me? I don't know about you. I've never seen a ghost. I, I don't know, honestly, that, that the Bible doesn't really talk about it too much. I don't know if there are such things as ghosts, but for them, the logical thing to do was think, yeah, ghost. No brainer, no ghost. Really? And it's amazing how quickly we go to things that aren't true rather than the promises of God, which he lays out and says, this is true. Work with me, people. As Jesus says this, and, and so Jesus is not harsh on them. But what does he say? It is, it is I come and, and, and you can touch me. You, you can uh, come and see, put your hands in the nail marks and, and in my side. It's me, I'm Jesus, I'm alive. I, I have r- risen from the dead, just like I told you. In the blank you can write, Jesus was sensitive to human curiosity and reason. So he backed his message with physical proofs. Sensitive to human curiosity and reason, he backed his message with physical proofs. This can be a whole nother message series about the, the proof and evidence. Uh, and, and maybe you've seen them, the case for Christ, at least trouble, that when they use a, what's called apologetics, apologetics are not saying you're sorry. Apologetics are showing proof and circumstances that, to look at that and say this and this and this and this, these arguments are true, therefore my case is true. It's like proving a, a case that has circumstantial evidence, that you line all of the circumstantial evidence. It, it's the way that they treat try cases where they never find the body, but they know there's a death. And it's the same way with Christ, that as we look at this, this, this is a whole nother piece of, of a whole nother layer that God shows to us answering human curiosity and reason. We continue. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Said to them, this is all written down, not just said by me, it's written all over the place in the Bible. In the blank you can write, the message of God's love for mankind has been shared from the beginning. Has been shared from the beginning. This is one of the parts of a message like none other that I really want you, you need to understand. And that is when you look at the Bible and you compare the Bible 
to uh, uh, any other book, whether it be the Koran, the Book of Mormon, or any other book like that, that the, the message, it goes back to the, really to the beginning, because when it, when it talks about the, the law of Moses, that's the book of Genesis. And it goes all the way through this time. So how long did it take to write the Bible? The Bible was written over 1,600 years by 40 different authors. I want you to think about that for a minute. A message like none other, because it's written over 1,600 years by 40 different authors, and the person that it was about didn't write one word. Jesus did not pen any of the Bible. His words are in it. Those are the red ones. Those are, those are the important ones, right? His words are in it, but Jesus wrote none of it. To me, that is the most compelling as you look at the Bible compared to other, any other religious book because all the other ones, that, the Quran, the, the Book of Mormon, other, the, other writings like that, they're all written by one. They're all written by one person who said, yeah, God came to me and you know, I have no proof of it, but it, it's just, it was me and I'm just the person he speaks through now. It, 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 it is so different. It is a message unlike any other. We continue. He told them, this is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. We'll go in, in the blank right away. God's message points us away from self and to Jesus and his payment for sin and victory over death. The gospel message points us away from self and to Jesus and his payment for sin and victory over death. One of the things that, that we talk about as we look at the vision of Crosswalk is we ask ourselves the question, how is Crosswalk different from a different church? That if someone were going to come to Crosswalk and they were going to attend here, that we ask ourselves, what would be the difference between us and a different church? And on some Sundays, you could go to Crosswalk in a different church, and I'm going to tell you there would be no difference. On some Sundays, when you come and you listen to the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Jesus Christ, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you, you would say the, the Apostles' Creed and there would be no difference. And that's good. Because that's the sign of a Christian church, that they teach Jesus and his payment for sins. But I'm telling you, if, if you go to churches and, and you listen long enough, you will begin to, to hear the nuances and the differences of a church. And the reason why I say this is because I, I, I go to a lot of pastors' conferences and, and a lot of conferences that are, are put on by different church bodies. And I went to one specifically and, and they said, the question was asked, what is the goal of Sunday morning in your church? And they said, the goal, this is what they do every Sunday, our, our Sunday service is a success if there is life change. That's, that's a win for us. And that's what we're trying to accomplish every Sunday. That is not Crosswalk's victory. Just so you know. And, and, 
And if that were the case, if life change was, was the number one thing that we wanted every Sunday, we would teach Financial Peace University from the stage. Because those who, those who have gone through Financial Peace University, and, and you've gone through it, it, you will realize that conspicuous by his absence is Jesus. I mean, he kind of talks about God and, and brings up, like, if you look at the baby steps of Financial Peace University, believing in Jesus Christ as your Savior is not baby step number one. It's not. And Jesus isn't in any of the baby steps. And I'm not saying that because Financial Peace University is bad. I'm just saying it's law-based, and it is about changes that you make in your life. The win at crosswalk is not life change. It is heart change that is brought about by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit working through, through the word of the message of the cross, which is foolishness to Gentiles. It's a stumbling block to people who are looking for signs. And, and sometimes it feels that way, that we are selling something no one wants. Because if, if, you, if you leave here today not knowing anything else, the thing you must leave here knowing is Jesus loves you even if you screw up. That's why we're not gonna have five ways to make your marriage better. Not that we're not going to have marriage seminars, but unless it's prompted by the love of Jesus Christ, you're gonna be the most miserable person keeping rules that there are. It is only the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is alive. When Jesus says, peace be with you, I am alive, you will live, and no matter what you're facing today, no matter how you screw up today, you are loved, and in the midst of that pain that you have, you have my embrace and the promise of God that, we will, that, that God will be with you always. If you go to a church and don't hear that, that's a loss. That, that, that's, that's a deal breaker. And if you're not hearing that or you feel you ever don't hear that from me, tell me. Message of Jesus Christ. The message points us away from self and to Jesus and his payment for sin and victory over death. And then finally, the final fill-in. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with the, the power from on high. So the promise that he's talking about will fill in the blank right away. With the power of the Holy Spirit, God uses your witness to make an impact on your community and the world. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because next week we have a message that's getting there. Next, next week is the message where Jesus leaves. Uh, it's called the Ascension. And, and we're going to take that message, look at the promise of the Holy Spirit and, and exactly what God promises as Jesus goes uh, to be with the Father in heaven. But this is the final takeaway. What we do here is the gospel of Jesus working on a life which makes an impact, right? That, that each one of us, as we look at this, it's the story. It's the story of Jesus' love for me and how I've been able to see his love, how God ha has, has come after me uh, again and again through his word and through other people, all of that. Uh, and then there's the impact, that's why this is a message unlike any other. That through your 
story of how Christ walks with you. In the same way that these people came from Emmaus, these two people came from Emmaus, made an impact on those who were there, you have the same opportunity today. Uh, we're going to be talking more about impact, uh, and it's going to be something that, that's going to be going all the way through uh, up into September when, when our growth groups start and we talk about impact groups. But I just want to plant the seeds today uh, and, and see what, what a great blessing God gives you in sharing your story. Let's pray. Dear Lord, uh, man, what a great gift you give us in a message unlike any other. Help us always, Lord, to, to be reminded of your great love for us. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives. Lord, through the gospel, change our hearts. Bring about a heart change uh, where, we, where we know your love, your unconditional love more than anything else in our lives. And then, Lord, help us to respond. Help us to live as your children, uh, sharing our story of, of your great love for us uh, because it is such important good news that everyone needs to hear it. Be with us, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit to comfort us. For, for people who are going through misery right now and hardship and, and going through those difficult times, comfort them with the, with the truth that your peace is with them. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Do you have something that's scaring you a little bit today? Peace be with you. Do you have something that's stressing you out? Peace be with you. Do you have an issue you do not know how you're going to solve or how it's going to get any better? Peace be with you. Jesus is alive. Your Savior is with you. Uh, you have peace with God, and may that bring his peace into your life. And as you go, go with blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Have a great day.